0: Welcome to Talking in Stations, an EVE Online podcast. I'm your host, Madderall. Today we're going to talk about a history alliance called Mercenary Coalition. They've been around since the early days of EVE and are still active today. Not just active, but influential. Uh, We have some of the key members of long ago and of now, uh, and so we're going to meet them and talk about uh, what's going on with Mercenary Coalition these days. All right, first I'd like to introduce co-hosts and panel, which would be Carneros. Good morning. And, wow, it looks like it's just you and me, Carneros. I didn't realize that. Okay.
1: <laughs> Happy All holidays, everyone.
0: Yeah, we're getting into the holiday season. We'll have some shows that are gonna be a little more special than usual, and we'll have, save the announcements for the end of the show. We have some announcements to, about this show to tell you. First, I'd like to introduce the figurehead of Mercenary Coalition, Celine. Hello again. This is going to be very interesting, because historically these figures are very important for new players. You won't know the history that happened uh, 10, 12 years ago, but hopefully we'll get to some of that. I'd like to introduce Thol. Hi, everyone. What's your full name so people get that?
2: Uh, that would be Tholarum. Tholarim. Um, yeah.
0: And we also have Suez, but he was known as Shut Up and Shave back then.
3: <laughs> Hi there.
0: Uh, Famous for, if I can say, singing the Little Bees song.
3: Thank you very much.
0: Among other things. And we have the diplomat from Mercenary Coalition, uh, Danielle.
4: Hey, how are you guys doing?
0: Very good. All right, thanks, Mercenary Coalition, for showing up. Uh, I'm sure there are more of you, but I think you guys are representative. One of the new things that's happened is Thole has joined Mercenary Coalition recently. Uh, Thol, can you tell us like, uh, how that happened and how you came back to the game and stuff?
2: Yeah, how did that happen? Um, well, I, I could go the long and the short route, but I'll go for something in between. Um, we, um, uh, we, as in a group of players that, I, that I've played with since 2003, played back in the day in, in corporations um, in Fountain Alliance, uh, Atook, Omega Corp, Curse Alliance, all of those entities were, were part of our playstyle back then. Um, And during the 2003 to 2009 era, we all converged from those different paths into DICE, which was um, one of the main corporations in the Band of Brothers back then in Bob, which is where I first met Celine and also kind of met Suez, I think, Uh, but then not really met, but saw in space. Um, And during those years, uh, mainly the Bob years, uh, we uh, we flew a lot with MC when we contracted him and, uh, and when we worked together. Uh, we had some serious, serious, uh, epic fights uh, over mainly the southern regions of Eve back then, uh, but also in the north, where uh, where the MC kind of held their own against the, a large portion of of the alliances up there, uh, while Bob was working on on wars down south. Um, and um, I quit kind of after Bob took a, took a fall in, uh, in Delve in like 2008, 2009. Um, and after that, took like a, let's say, seven, eight year break from the game. And um, as we all do at some time, I came back and, uh, you know, kind of got, got psyched again. Because the game now, I mean, I, I, I played it a long, long time ago, but the game now is so different from what it was back then that it's actually, for me, almost like a new game. And um, so when I came back, I started uh, looking at, obviously, my old Corp dice. Uh, I played in there for a while, but I also noticed that because of the game being so different to what I knew, um, I kind of had to you know, reinvent myself again in this game, uh, along with some of the old timers that I picked up along the route as I came back last year. And we um, we formed a new carp called Project Manhattan Bomb is the ticker, and we started playing uh, from Bomb for like January ish this year, uh, and gradually picking up more of my old ATUC and Dice uh, and uh, uh, CA Cross Alliance crew from back in the day. Um, we uh, we had fun poking at our old nemesis uh, Goonswarm for uh, for quite a few months. Actually, uh, say almost a year now. And um, as we did that, we also kind of felt like you know we 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 kind of grown as a corp ourselves, and now we're we're looking out to uh, to be of influence again, as uh, as you might say. And we look for an alliance to, to, that that would suit our style, but also has people that we know and respect. And then you know I, I kind of contacted Celine, and one thing led to another, and actually it was only like two talks we had, and we were in. It was quite easy. Because you know, I've known Celine from back then. Uh, I respect uh, I respect him and and Mercenary Coalition a lot, and all of my guys were like uh, pretty pretty psyched about the offer that Celine made to, uh, made us to join them. So it was uh, it was it was easy peasy after that.
0: Cool. Well, so you came back with a few guys. It wasn't just you. Some of the guys that are coming back are as old as you for, in this game, right?
2: Yeah, as old as me in the game, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and also a bit older out of game. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, we, we, you have to understand that when we played it back then, we were all pretty much students, right? So uh, around the, the, the 18-ish up to 25 uh, range. And um, as we quit around 2009, um, we all kind of got our lives in order because playing it as we did takes a lot out of you. And, um, as I came back, I started just contacting my old, my old guys, you know, but you know, funny enough, we used uh, MSN back then. Right. So there was none of all this, uh, all this discord and slack and all of that. There was none of that. We had MSN and IRC. So it took me actually five to six months to get everyone's contacts again and, and kind of, kind of start, start getting the word out that, that we were back. And then, uh, then things totally slowly started, uh, increasing in numbers and people coming back and. Going like, hey, I want to try this again because it's because it's cool. It's different now, Eve.
0: Yeah. Well, Celine, was that uh, what was that like on your end?
5: Oh, which part? What getting uh, finding one of my long lost loves? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> getting reunited. Um, it was pretty interesting. It's I mean, this whole year has been kind of neat because uh, due to you know. Various, you know, different things. I think it was on you when I think it was on your show that uh, Molly was on recently, and it seems like all of the. I, I, Thal isn't kidding. He's got some really old school guys in there, like Fischow and a few others that uh, I haven't seen in years. And it's like all the zombies are rising out of the graveyard, and everybody's starting to talk uh, about things that happened back in the day and uh, how it kind of compares to now. And it's it's really been a lot of fun getting to talk to these folks who I haven't seen in years and years and years. And the fact that Thal was active and a lot of his guys were, and they were looking for a home. It's uh, it, it was, it's just a, it's an excellent fit because um, as all of you guys know, regardless of, you know, what goes on, you know, in the, the fabric of the game itself, you, you like to play with friends and it's good to reconnect with old friends and then, you know, uh, do stuff together. So it's, it's awesome. I'm really, really
1: happy.
0: And Thol, these aren't just old players that were around. These guys were like the FCs of the old players, right? Thol, you, like, what was, what was it like being in a, in a fleet back then?
2: It was so different from, uh, from fleets nowadays. It's uh, mainly because of the, all the added uh, structure and, and tools that you have now as an FC, right? So back then, uh, you didn't have right-click-align in the early days. You know you didn't have gang warps you didn't have all of that stuff uh so as an fc you really had to coach all your guys and you know count down the warps uh tell them to double click in space somewhere uh mixed fleets Yeah. no, mixed... no doctrines no, no doctrines. yeah yeah so everyone's just bringing a battleship uh you know it was it was very just, very just, different
0: just bring what you built right
2: Bring what you built well up to up to some up to some point, you know, right? We we, I mean, in the eighties days, we kind of uh, at some point specialized in tempests, for example, because tempests could outrange other other battleships. But it was still, I mean, if you couldn't fly a tempest because you didn't cross train back then, you just trained one race. So I could fly Kaldari or Amar or Mimitar or whatever. Uh, so if you went full Amar and we all switched to tempests, yeah, you were fucked pretty much. So the the the, the, the name of the game back then was either range or short range, and some support, uh, but, but like rifters and not all of this fancy tackling stuff that we have now. The game has evolved and become way more complex, also in terms of ships, right? The, the amount of ship types we had back then, maybe six, seven, eight in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, now, I mean, you have dozens and dozens of ship types. And when I came back, one of the first things that was, was hard for me was just finding out how all these ships worked, because there's so many of them now. And you know the, the first couple of times I, I, I can remember engaging Agila in my uh, in my saber going yeehaw and I was like oh what what's this? <laughs> uh, it's like uh, yeah it, it, it's different it's different. That's in complexity right. in tools and uh, and in, in added out of game things like Discord and Twitch and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, so you just answered the question asked by the uh, in the Mikkel. Michael, um, that was asking if it was more complicated uh, with all the choices that you have now, and basically you're saying yes.
2: Yeah, very, very more complicated. Back then it was a, a simpler game. You know, maybe, maybe that's why I was was good at it back then. Because I when I came back I was I was like, whoa, I mean this is a whole other level, and it it takes, I think it takes more time to get good at it now.
0: Yeah, I think somebody said basically we saw Eve as Counter Strike. Uh, you know, with 20 man gangs, basically. Uh, Yeah. That's what it was
2: like. Yeah, yeah. I think
5: think the best analogy I can give is is to, like, the differences between now and then is I probably played the game for nine months before I even saw my first battleship back in 2003, and now they're just literally giving battleships away for PvE activity. I just... (laughs) The
3: game has definitely changed.
0: Right. Now, Suiz, I think you, you're you're from back then too,
3: right? Yeah, yeah. I was actually in an alliance. I was actually in an alliance with Thol called Five. Oh yeah. That was that 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 was a lot of fun. And interestingly, when the Five split up, it it had a pretty important effect on Goon Swarm's history. Um, Dice joined. Bob, and so, correct me if I'm wrong here, but Dice joined Bob and Black Amiga went back to syndicate. Right. And, and there was like a point where Bob weren't sure whether they wanted to scoop goons under their wing or eradicate them. And I think the decision was, in the end, to eradicate them. And that's that's really what pushed Black Amiga and myself into bed with Goonswarm in a big way, which then led to, for example, Amiga and my Do, do you remember Amiga with with two E's from R A? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's he, he's a he actually moved to the UK uh, a few a few years ago. He's a he's a good friend of mine now. Yeah, he. Oh, cool. He um. Yeah, which led to the chats, which led to Red Swarm Federation. So, that the quite interestingly, the breakup of the Five and the way it broke up ended up really cementing Goon Swarm and Red Swarm Federation in the end. That was the beginning
0: of it all. Yeah, agreed. Lady Scarlet, who couldn't be here today, was also part of the Five, I believe.
2: Yeah, yeah, she was. She was in uh, uh, in Atuk uh, and later in Dice. So she was. She was part of the Five. Uh, and part of Atuc leadership
3: back then. Again, as well, we're talking about seeing Eva's counterstrike, and I think, whilst a lot of people did, it's those that didn't that really made the game different. For for for, for example, the leadership of Atock, um, Sir Molly, those that really started carving empires out, be it uh, kind of roaming empires, much much like people see Piel as now. I I think. The, the five were a lot like that, or you had the huge super empire like, like, like Bob was. Those that started seeing the game slightly different, built uh, what they created the building blocks to the big empires that we have now. I think yeah. they provide the template,
2: yeah. I mean, and, and the big difference I mean, why was Bob or 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 the five better, at that point more powerful than the rest was mainly organization. Right. Yeah, completely and agreed. It had everything to do with organization and discipline. You know, because of all of the, uh, the the stuff that you couldn't have tools for back then, or you didn't have tools for back then, that you had to do. If you had discipline and you know guys that knew what they were doing, and some organization, like people that were really committed to, to getting logistics sorted and all that, uh, you were you were ahead of the game back then, and that's what we. We're better at mainly at what Sue said. Mainly at, at, at the, the non-shooty-shooty part, but but the part around that.
3: Well, that was that that was Goonswarm's big big secret. They they, they kind of styled themselves as these random people, these you know, kind of zergs that go around and just attack everything. But behind that, the kind of upper and middle management, it's better than it's better than some tier one companies that are around at, at the moment. I'm sure it still is.
0: Yeah. It is, at least uh, from from where I can see, um, but they were they had some failed experiments too, right? I mean, goons were essentially weren't they your pet project? It was something that you were helping to to kind of foster.
3: Um, I, I don't think I don't think that's 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 fair on on the goons. I mean, I felt like um, Black Omega took took them un, 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 under our wing, but they were already doing the, 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 the kind of middle management that would make them great. Um, I think there were a couple of key fights up in Syndicate that we were quite useful for. But other, other than that, I, I do felt like I kind of just got swept along with the wave.
0: Okay. Because I, from what I heard from Lady Scarlet and some of these older stories was that you were kind of on their behalf, um, kind of saying like, kind of being a
3: diplomat for them. Protecting yeah. Them. yeah in the early days um i think during the rrsf war when bob actually invaded i think i took a bit more more of an active hand i think i was the whatever it's called the sky marshal with sesfan um so like the eu sky marshal but it was more just a matter of lending experience you know if if you go and do this then people are gonna gonna get annoyed and shoot you right
0: well So it's interesting. Let me get this straight, though. Was there a meeting where Bob basically said, do we like these guys? Do we want to eradicate them? And you said there was a decision to actually do that. And that's actually what's what was the first, I guess, stake in this long railroad track of uh, history?
2: Was there a meeting? I mean, in Bob, we didn't we didn't make decisions like like that. We didn't go to like, uh, okay, we have a meeting on Monday. And then when Monday, everyone brings their 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 points to the table and then we decide it was more it was more organic than that. Um, and I think what cemented our decision to go for goons, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was some guy making fun of someone that died, I think it was, on the forums. I think it was some something along those lines. Someone from Goons that was that was mocking it. And back back in those days, we didn't have the vileness of the internet as it as we have it now, I think. It, it was a little bit more uh,
3: Gentlemanly.
2: You know? Yeah, it was civilized. a little bit more gentlemanly. Yeah, more civilized. So there was there was like a, an outrage that someone would mock something like that. And nowadays, no one would bat an eye if that happens. But still, back then, that was a big thing. And, you know, we felt, Bob felt, uh, as kind of like the, the, the protectors, the guardians of the galaxy. You know, back then, we, we had the keys to the, the EVE universe. Uh, someone did something we didn't like. We were going to fuck him up. And it was it was kind of an organic decision like that. I think Mole kind of saw something on those lines and just posted there. Uh, We're coming for you, you know. And that was that. No meeting, nothing. Just Mole posted.
3: There, there are no goons, I believe. Was the yes something something <laughs> along those lines? I
2: can't remember. I can't remember what it exactly was. But it was yeah, close. he
5: covered this. He covered this in the show that was done a couple of months ago. I think he went into a bit of detail. That show was almost two hours long. So if you really want to know <laughs> the history of that, I'm sure that Matt can hook you up with that link. Yeah, we'll do something
0: again like that. Uh, we'll have more stuff in the holidays about history. But um, real quick, what was it like working with Mole? Because you were a CEO of a, a corporation. And what was like a corporation compared to an alliance back then? What was that relationship like?
2: Uh, th- th- it was way different. I mean, back then we had alliances consisting of five corporations, right? The five were mentioned, the five, because it was five corporations. We could field 150 dudes and more with five corporations. Uh, I, my own corporation back then, they took DICE, we could field 50 to 60 people. So the dynamic in an alliance was different because there was only five figureheads in Bob. Later, it was a few corps that were added, but in the five as well. And in Bob, working with Mole, I mean, I loved it uh, because Mole was the type of person that I am in, in this game. You know, what we like to do in this game is test our metal. You know, what we like to do is go up against it outnumbered against the odds and then win because that's what's extra fun now everyone can win when you get 200 dudes on your side against 20 and you got a perma bubble and whatever but what we liked was 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 pitting us against the challenge and i think that the 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 story back then was kind of that we did the opposite like right? that we that we kind of steamrolled everyone because we were this big or whatever. but but bob was never the biggest alliance out there we were just the most organized, and we would get everyone that's in, that was online in a fleet compared to other alliances that would only maybe get a quarter or half in their fleets. Um,
0: Did you and, have activity requirements and stuff?
2: No, no, none of that shit. You know why? Because if you're having fun like that, everyone wants to join. Everyone wants to join. If you're on the winning team, that's how it is in EVE. Everyone wants to join. If you're on the losing team, people will start, will start pulling out. And in the end, when Bob died, we saw some of that as well for Bob, right? So um, it's a natural thing for alliances to go through, I think, a natural cycle. Um, But a big part of how we worked back then was we knew we were good and we won. And that's why people in our corps kept logging in and coming to the fight. Amol was a great figurehead. He He did a lot of things right. In the end, we bit off more than we could chew so 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 be it i mean it was a fun ride till the end that was that was for sure a hell of a lot of fun and i think if you ask anyone in bob they will all say maul did, did a great job did a hell of a job
0: let's swing back real quick to a little point in history that's really misinterpreted all the time uh suez can you tell us who said the, some the thing that pissed off uh band of brothers that created the wars
3: yeah it was it was a guy called tetsujin and the the other thing was is it was said on a private forum um it wasn't said publicly it wasn't um you know said in local or or broadcast it it was something that was said it was a kind of in joke and it was it was very much in keeping with the something awful um, yeah, humour of the time i mean i'm 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 not defending it I, i'm literally st- try, try trying to state facts all
0: right um, um because that's been misinterpreted but, as being remedial in local in front of a
3: station. Like that's what we've nah, heard. No, nah, nah, I mean was... remedial didn't didn't help. I mean, I, my understanding was 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 Bob kind of, kind of went, hang on a minute, you know what, what the hell's this? And remedial was like, ha ha, yeah yeah, ha ha, and then and then repeated it. So he doubled down on it. Okay. Yeah.
0: It's interesting to get that cleared up though. So it was something that was said by goons in a private channel. And then when they were called on it, they defended it very publicly, and that it made things worse.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not a fan of of, of using kind of and, and and this isn't actually a a, a, a statement about Bob. Um, I wasn't. I, I'm not a huge fan of kind of using real life stuff to to further further space wars. And I actually felt like that was that was what media was doing at the time. He was just you using it as a publicity stunt. Oh, I got too. Well,
0: that, that's interesting because uh, that's a little tidbit uh, from history that is kind of pivotal in the in the narrative.
3: I think I think Thole's left channel, by the way. Okay, you got dropped. okay.
0: Probably got dropped by his wife. Uh, he did have to go. We knew that, so we wanted to get as much out of him as possible. But uh, let me bring Celine back in here, and then... we
5: well, got Thol for a couple more minutes, so you might want to hit him up. Oh, do I? Well, he did. Now he's gone again. <laughs> there it is.
0: He's coming and going. All right. Um, well, if he can talk, then we'll uh, we'll let him uh, say a few more things before he takes off. Thole uh, and I know each other because, uh, of course, Destructive Influence, Dice Corporation. He used to be the uh, CEO and FC of Dice back, you know, pretty much when it began. And before that, he had already a career in Arcane Technologies, they took, which is a very popular uh, corporation. So it was nice to see him come back to the show.
3: Yeah, I think he underplayed his, okay. his um, efforts in the five as well. I mean, Aituk were the, oh, he's back now, but Aituk were the absolute powerhouse that, that drove that entire alliance. He, he kind of said 50 to 60 dudes in 150-man fleet, but I personally re- remember there being 80 to 100 at times. It, and, and for those days, it was absolutely unheard of. It, 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 it was something else.
0: And to put that in perspective, there was maybe fights with twenty to thirty, forty people, and is that what was normal?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think I think for example, there was a like the biggest fight to 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 date was the Battle of VV dash VCR, and again, I may be wrong, but I think that had about two hundred and fifty people in it. So when so when you think that one alliance was 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 able to field one hundred and fifty to two hundred, that that was scary for people.
0: Yeah. Well, that's cool. All right, so, um, Thole, you still with us? I assume you can hear us. All right, so um, Mercenary Coalition, though. Uh, we did do a little bit of history here. Mercenary Coalition, can you tell us, let's go back in time real quick and bring it all the way up to today and what you're doing today. But first, let's start with uh, the early early Mercenary Coalition. How did it come together?
5: Um, I was an Earth and Beyond refugee, and saw a picture of a bantam undocking from a station and like, you know, the beta version of Eve and it was like this gigantic space station and this cool looking little ship. Well, actually it looked like shit, but you know, we didn't know that back then. <laughs> and um it was awe inspiring, just the imagery. And I'm like, wow, I wanna I wanna get a piece of that. So I ended up getting into the beta and Brought a few of my friends over who had been in Earth and Beyond as well, and most of those folks were part of my <laughs> part of my Dungeons and Dragons gaming group when I was back in the military, and we um, we started playing the game together. We started a little industry corp, ended up moving out to Curse, and then got caught up in the big Stain Alliance Curse Alliance wars of the day. Uh, we were Stain Alliance as opposed to Thal, who was a filthy Curse Alliance guy. <laughs> Yeah, and um, somewhere in, somewhere towards the end of 2003, whenever like the conquerable stations got introduced and station ping pong became a thing, I got a little bit burnt out. I wanted to try something different, so I decided to become like a pirate. But I didn't want to do that on my main character because you know that would be like you know bad. So I created this. Uh, I created. I didn't have a female character, so I created a female character and I said like I'm gonna be an evil pirate, you know. And that was Celine and started a started a corporation called Body Count because you know it's you know that was a cool band that Ice T had back in the day. And mm-hmm. I thought I'd just go around Losec and kill some scrubs. And actually had a lot of fun with it and made friends with uh, a corporation called Space Invaders, who were kind of a big deal. They were they were kind of they were about a tick below where Moo was back then back at the time uh they weren't quite as big or well known but they they did have a presence and they had uh, drunken master and viceroy and a few of the other few other names and i joined up with them for about two or three months and that was whenever i really learned a lot about how to properly utilize uh different mechanics and really pvp properly but then something happened to the leadership of that corp they ended up going away and so i found myself kind of alone and i called up my buddies and we had a meeting in pizza hut and <laughs> headquarters. We, yeah, we had a meeting at Pizza Hut and we were just like, all right guys, you know, what are we going to do? This game's really cool, but you know, eh. and we decided to just try something that no one else had been doing before. We said, well, why don't we try like, you know, being mercenaries? Why don't we try to see what, uh, if people would actually just, you know, cause that's a missing component. There's no mechanic for it. There's no anything. I mean, this was back before there weren't mechanics for anything. There were no mechanics for alliances. We just, everyone was just making up whatever they were doing as they went along. And, we made a post on the forums basically saying, hi, you know, we are a mercenary court. We will kill your enemies for money. And within uh, like a day and a half, we had some group from also Earth and beyond who hated another group who had come over from Earth and beyond and wanted to pay us uh, 60 isk to kill them. Cool. And uh, We did. And we spent uh, we spent like three days. Started on a Friday, and by like that Sunday, um, we like killed two of their mining ops. And like cruise missile, we were flying cruise missile crows and blackbirds. And I think we had a single scorpion to our name. And we just completely decimated these poor bastards. And they ended up actually like I think they probably all ended up rage quitting Eve. Um, I got my first real life death threat during that uh, contract. A guy named Malik Blood Moon was really mad at me for blowing up his moa and was going to petition me for uh, grief tactics, grief tactics. Um, and that was where it all started. And it just kind of snowballed from there. You know, uh, we got, we, I made a little video, it, uh, got some attention and then we got another contract and another one and so on and so forth. And then it just kind of caught its own momentum. And that's, uh, that's where it started. Wow. Oh, sorry,
0: recovering from a cold here. So the the people that hired you that wasn't um, evolution was it?
5: No 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 I can't. The funny thing is I can remember the target of the the, the name of the first corp. The name of the first corp was a corp named Jirai Blood, um, and for the life of me I cannot remember like the like the name of the dude or the corp that hired us. It's just that it was like ten guys that were mad at like ten or twelve other guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, grudges were so small but meaningful. Yeah. yeah.
5: But I mean, it was it was cool. I think we lost like a a single thorax over that weekend, so you know we made like you know we made like five times what we lost. So we were really happy. Hey, this is gonna work! Yay!
0: (laughs) So so you knew it was gonna work, and then you guys start to see the game changing, and they introduce uh, alliances, and they introduce uh, uh, titans. You guys were one of the first owners of a titan, right?
5: Uh, not quite first ten. Top ten, yeah. I think my Ragnarok was the. Se- I think the my was the second one. A uh, guy named Orange Species in Bob had the first Ragnarok, um, and there might have been a Russian guy who got who built his right before or right after mine, and he had a name that was unpronounceable that started with an X, and. <laughs> um, <laughs> He 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 came along and so uh yeah, but I believe it was in the, the first ten. What we decided to do we, ours was a little different though. Everybody like Molly was famous for like you know tanking his up and jumping it in and all this other shit, but we made a we made a nano Ragnarok. We put poly rigs in it and basically made it to where it could warp onto grid, set off the area of effect doomsday and warp off within nine seconds. It was quite annoying to people.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's what was uh very specific about yours. It was a shield uh Ship so it could move faster and you were able to deploy it uh in a pretty scary way remember that
3: mm-hmm. yeah i meant i remember orange species as well that guy must have had an awful lot of um ritalin or something i think he stayed up for 24 hours a day for about two weeks in a row when we were fighting the uh bob war i think
5: that i think that if you look at like the people who were doing this shit back then um there were so many college students and so many even like high school students who, um, honestly didn't need sleep and didn't sleep enough. Um, and that was what sustained, uh, that was what sustained the game back then. Uh, I mean, you know, that, like when I was like that first contract I was talking about when we were logging in, you know, there were 2,800 people online, you know, on like a Friday night. So it, it, it was, it, it, didn't get to a point where in an even like two, three years later, it wasn't until it wasn't until the game had been live for two or three years that you saw anything even remotely close to like 15,000, 20,000 people being online.
0: Yeah. What was it like seeing the game grow up from its infancy for uh, you or uh, Suez?
3: I joined a little bit later than Celine. Um, I think I joined in 2006. Um, it's, CCP have done a good job at making it different games, I think um they've they, they've tailored the the kind of rules of the game to the size and they've not always got got it right i mean we we know that but i think given how little major things they can really change you know that they, they, they can't kind of roll back or reverse decisions particularly easily um we've we've seen the game change absolutely dramatically as i as was saying earlier uh, uh, earlier actually it really is a different game um and it's been a different game maybe three times in the break that he had as well um and i think that's there's real credit to ccp there
0: yeah they've managed to make it interesting in each iteration well okay so let's move forward to um uh, i'll just skip over this because we talked about it on the show with molly uh, with Sir Molle a few months back, and that was the uh, mercenary coalition goes on to make a name for themselves in the northern campaign, where they beat up on the northern coalition that was much bigger than them, uh, and to great effect.
5: Now we had a lot of help. It, we were we were just it was kind of like we were the tip of the spear, and once a few key battles were won, there was a lot of uh, a lot of people you know coming along for the ride that made it to where we had fleets large enough to make it actually really work and be more than just kind of like a a, a nice little insurgency. It, it turned into a bit of a steamroll towards the end. That's always the way though, isn't it? Yeah. The fail cascade. Exactly. Uh,
0: and then you ended up, uh, looking for a home at a certain point, And that was the Tortuga campaign. Tortuga
5: of- wasn't much of a campaign, really. It was just, I, I, I did cover this in the, the, the extremely mm-hmm. short version of this is if you want to, hear, like I said, if you want to hear the longer version, go listen to the show with Molly because it was, it's really uh, entertaining because he's, he's got some stories as well. Um, the short version of this was that I had, I was working for CCP at the time and they wanted me to step away from the game. So I had to basically turn the Alliance over and the Alliance wanted to go one direction. I wanted to go another direction, but since I wasn't going to be able to play anymore, I couldn't really, you know, tell them not, you know, not to do what they want to do. Well, they had, they were a lot of dudes that were kind of hot under the collar at some stuff that had happened, um, behind the scenes between MC and Bob. So they just thought it would be, you know, the greatest idea ever to, uh, start attacking Bob shit in the south and take over a region. since goons and everybody else were coming for them. Um, I my my plan at the time was to go was to go up north and take over Declan, and kick Try out of Declan. The first version of Triumvirate actually, it's not the mm-hmm. eighth or the ninth that they're on now. Um, and they um and cut a deal with Cough Fluff and those guys and just kind of like turn things around a bit. And, uh, but none of that had got the chance to happen because the guys that were in charge decided to do it their way. And then the guy that was actually going to be running the Alliance in my absence got sick, like seriously, seriously ill. And so I had to keep playing and I was under all this pressure to like step back on top of which now I was in the middle of fighting a war that I really didn't want to, that my heart really just was not in. And the results of what happened, you know, speak for themselves. Uh, it was just, it didn't go the way it was supposed to, things didn't happen. Balls got dropped. And within like four or five months, I just shuttered the Alliance. I was just like, no, this isn't, this isn't my Alliance anymore. This isn't what I want to do in the game. Uh, these were bad decisions and I'm out. And that was, that was Tortuga basically in a very, in a very brief nutshell.
0: Right, nutshell, turtle shell, um, and then you were over in um, working for CCP, developing parts of Apocrypha, right?
5: No, I wasn't parts of it. Um, I did. I, I started actually working in CCP in late November, in uh, November of 2006, and left in uh, 2010, a little over three years. the The first thing I actually touched was uh, in the Revelations 2 expansion, the solve levels, solve one, two, and three. That was that was, um, that was was a big part of that was me. Actually, a, a very large part of that was me. Saw 4 was not me. Uh, that was something that was added on by another dev who for some reason thought that it would be a great idea to make systems invulnerable to attack, uh, even though myself and everybody else who's actually playing the game told him, it's like, no, you're just going to see endless super capitals built in these invulnerable systems. But no one, he didn't listen. So you got Saw 4 invulnerable bullshit and that was the first thing and then there was some other stuff that came later but then apocrypha came along and apocrypha was uh myself and ccp grayscale coming up with uh, you know our joint love of david weber and uh the way that he if you've ever read any of the honor harrington books you'll be familiar with the way that like um wormholes and stuff work in that universe or jump points as he calls them where they use mass in order to determine how many ships can go through or how many at one time can go through and how they regenerate. And that's kind of where, you know, the, the mechanics for wormholes came from. And so
0: In a weird way, let me interrupt you. You're kind of the grandfather of wormholes at EVE Online.
5: The, the design for wormholes was pretty much exclusively myself and grayscale he actually created and pushed the button that brought them all to life but he and i worked for about two or three months on the initial design and getting them all in there was there was there was the actual wormhole team then there was the strategic cruiser team and there were like two or three other ones but yeah it was um it was it was a lot of fun i mean we were basically told just i mean i I, we were literally sitting at home i got a phone call it's like we want to add wormholes to the game and uh we want you and matt to work on it like okay uh, cool. And that was where it started. And we just pulled the rest of it out of our ass. And it actually worked. Apocrypha was probably one of the only expansions I, can, that I think this game has ever had, where the designers were literally given free reign and full resources to implement every level of what it was that they said they wanted. There was almost nothing that we asked for. Uh, for that expansion, Apocrypha, didn't that did not get programming time, did not get art, and did not get implemented. So, um, which stands as... A,
0: one of the best expansions ever in EVE Online. Still my favorite expansion ever.
5: Yeah, but then the contrast to that was the follow-up, which was Dominion, which was middle management interference at its absolute worst uh, because that was you, you're starting to the, a lot of the stuff you're seeing now in the game is you know with citadels and sort of fozzy saw but not really and and a bunch of it, there was a lot of things that were born as what was supposed to be part of dominion and never saw the light of day and now they're starting to see um, things come out now But that if you honestly, if you want to have if you want to have like I can get uh, I can get my my producer at the time. CCP Whisper is also an MC now. I could get him into this and I could pull in. And if you want to have a show about like all that stuff, all of our NDAs are expired. Oh, let's do it. You should probably have. That sounds good. You should probably you should. probably. Before we get too deep down that rabbit hole, I'd say maybe have a show in a few weeks about like, you know, that stuff. That would be a lot of fun to talk about.
0: Well, we will circle back on this. It's, I think it would be incredibly interesting for people who are around and people who are around now because it, they can see the roots of how a lot of the problems that we're facing or the challenges or even the cool stuff in EVE goes
5: back to those days.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely do that. All right. I um, want to move forward a little bit then. Were you also in CSM?
5: Yes, I was. I was on uh, CSM 6 and CSM 7.
0: Both those were pivotal, right, because I was in the middle of Incarno, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, that was a summer of rage.
5: Yeah. It was interesting times to say the least. I mean, we were, I was in the meetings where, you know, they said, Hey, look, we've got all these cool things. Oh, cool. We're going to have pants and skirts and shoes and we're not going to have iterations on solve, but yeah, we got this. I guess that's great. Um, how much is this stuff going to cost? Oh, you don't know. It's releasing in a month and you don't know what it's going to cost. Well. Maybe I should think about that. And I remember that meeting. Yeah, you yeah. I Carneros. bet you do, buddy. I, yeah, so, I mean, it was just ridiculous. So
0: to make it clear to the audience, so um, Celine is no longer a dev. He's now a CSM. He's back as a player, and he's now a CSM member, rep, a player representative. But Carneros is now a CCP dev, and this is the area that he's handling.
1: Uh, is the market? So I was the one on the other side saying, "No, we don't have the prices yet." <laughs>
5: Yeah, I read your I read your story, the follow up of what happened internally after that meeting and leading up to it. And man, I wanted to give you a big hug because Jesus Christ.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, And there is like a third show there to spawn off is going back to that uh, really pivotal time, because what would you guys agree? And this is open to anybody that that changed the direction of EVE Online or did that what happened there in perspective, uh, looking at it back from today?
5: I'd like to hear what Karn has to say about it, to be honest.
1: Well, the uh, every, every company has its strengths and its weaknesses in doing game development. Uh, uh, estimating how long something was going to take at that time was variably effective on each of the dev teams. Uh, they didn't... Uh, things that they all bit off at the beginning of the development cycle didn't all finish at the same time. It's like when you're going to cook a dinner and you've got eight different courses that you want to have all time to get done at the same time. We couldn't do that. Uh, so when it got close to Incarna launch, and they went around to each team and said, what are you going to have ready on day one? Um, team Stonehenge, the one I was on, was the only one that had something ready on day one. And it was completely not what they needed to have ready. It was, it was the, uh, the next store in the stations. I don't know if you remember that one. The, uh, what did that stand for? Something Exchange. Noble Exchange. The Noble Exchange Store. How could I not remember this stuff? I lived it. Because uh, so you're still a I, game developer and you're doing things in real life. And but that but a long that, time ago. So, uh, I, my team, then I was the product owner, was responsible for delivering that store and items in it, including the famous monocle and including the, uh, um, the, uh, the scorpion skin, the, uh, the famous scorpion skin that got us in trouble later, Summer Blank and
3: all that. Uh, okay. That's the, um, oh, yeah, I, I've forgotten the name of it yeah. as well. Sorry.
1: Yes. <laughs>
3: If you can watch exactly, yeah,
1: yeah. So we had a very a variety of things that were ready for the store, and we showed these in the meetings to the CSM. and they're like, "Okay, it looks cool. Yeah, the visuals were good. Um, what are you gonna, ch- you know, charge for it? We don't know yet. I mean, I had a spreadsheet in the back and no approvals for any of it. That's uh, uh, and when when they when we came down to that meeting and said what's going to be ready and that only the store." Um, I tried to say, no, 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 we can't launch with the store. It will re if that's the only thing that's new, it will change the definition of what Incarna is to just be about a store and microtransactions. You could do it two weeks later, but it has to be behind something else. You know, put something put functionality first, put some kind of feature first, not this. But we couldn't we had to be had to be on time.
0: Yeah, you called that one because that's how it was seen as uh, to the players. Uh, as a Incarno was just a, a microtransaction nightmare come true because at the time nightmare tran- uh, nightmare transactions, uh,
1: microtransactions were just now,
0: just at the time being developed.
1: And we were just trying to learn how it was, it was the hot thing in the industry at the time. And we didn't, you know, we we wanted to try something and learn something. We didn't intend to make any money with it. Okay. That's another interesting, you know, topic
0: we can get deep into, which we, I I actually would love to hear more about that. Uh, But because we're talking about MC, we're going to move it along and uh, and talk about, um, so after, around this time, MC, what's going on with MC after when you're the CSM member? Do you guys go on a break after that?
5: Uh, It wasn't you guys. I just, like I said, I shut the alliance down for years. I I ended up, I kept my corp intact, uh, handed a CEO ship over to another guy, let it run while I was at the company. And then I got out uh, to to, to it back over. We spent, uh, we spent a couple years in uh, AAA and against all authorities back when they were, you know, like really good uh, before they got bad. And they, uh, that was actually a lot of fun because me and evil thug had been like old enemies for years and years and years. And then we found out we, uh, on MSN messenger, we somehow had a chat one day and found out that we had a mutual love of, you know, the same kinds of music, which were, was kind of surprising because he liked Madonna too. thought that was weird for a Russian warlord and, um. (laughs) We, you know and we ended up in his alliance for a while, and then uh, when he left the game, and uh, it just kind of it just kind of lost its flavor after a while, and we ended up in PL. And uh, I spent four and a half years in Pandemic Legion, uh, which was uh, which was you know mostly fun. Uh, it's uh, there's still a lot of guys in there that I I, I love to death, um, but uh, as an alliance, just the it. it it was it was a good fit for in terms of content, but not so much culturally for a lot of my guys. Uh, it's kind of weird to say that considering we spent like you know um, over four years there, but uh, that was mainly because there were you know we made a lot of friends and there were a lot of good people there that they, they still are. I mean, I love like Kraft and Elise and and, yeah. and a bunch of the other ones. But um, what was the cultural difference? I think the easiest way to sum that up is is to actually bring it back and talk about MC just a little bit. Um, cause what happened was that I had actually reached a point where I had stopped playing almost completely, uh, sometime around the end of 2014. I'd probably, uh, reached my point where I was ready to win Eve, you know, by leaving. And I'd actually started playing other games, which was a first for me in almost a decade. There's a lot of other games out there. If you guys didn't know that there, there's other games in Eve, <laughs> um, and, then a friend of mine who'd been a director of my corp for four or five years, Saber Ray, he wanted to just try something different. And he asked me, so like, listen, I think it's been like seven or eight years now. I would like to try to get MC back off the ground again because I just want to try something you know, else. And I, it took him about a week to convince me. And I figured, OK, well, I'm not really paying that much attention anymore. I'll let him do it. And he did. And, um, you know, stumbled a bit getting out of the gate. But then he picked up a couple of corps, uh, you know, Corelli, who was like a really old corp. Uh, back in the day, and they they got still got their original CEO, Josh Fortain, and got uh, a couple of really good FCS and uh, and and some great folks, and then uh, Noir, who have been mercenaries forever and ever and ever and ever, uh, they joined, and it just started to pick up momentum. And you know, instead of the inevitable kind of like you know implosion that I was expecting, it just sort of. Um, it just sort of died out. It it, it just kept going and getting better and it didn't die out. So I kind of got reinvigorated, uh, put an alt in and then eventually uh, decided to pull my corp out of PL and try to breathe some life back into it by putting it back in MC. And that was uh, so MC started back up in about January 15. Uh, I put my corp back in MC in November 15 and um, took back over the leadership of the Alliance earlier this year in about February. And we've just been steadily, you know, uh, trying to like, you know, find, find, I wouldn't say find our feet. Anytime that you build something back up from scratch, you know, there's several phases that you go through. And uh, every year we kind of look at what we've done and look at ways that we can do things better and improve things uh, using all the lessons that the various older members have learned over the years. But uh, to, answer your, oh, to answer your other question with regard to the culture differences, the, the M- M- motto of MC is, as corny as it sounds, it's about the person next to you. The internal workings of the Alliance are extremely geared towards the community, the, the real-life relationships. We don't tolerate you know, harassment or bullying or anything like that. We come down on it really, really hard. Uh, as a result, we have a very strong community and that shows when, like when we do the Vegas meets and ice and, and go to Iceland, you know, we always had like 40, 50 dudes Hell, we had 40 dudes in London, which was ridiculous. Okay. And we, um, and we don't really go for the, the, the public smacking thing. You know, you don't, you don't see us on Reddit much. You're not going to see us. We are we don't like ever talking local hardly at all, which drives some people crazy, but that's fine. Um, uh, because it's, you know, it's it's about what you know what we do for each other and having fun. Yeah. And 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 I wouldn't say that PL isn't like they you know those guys those guys are also friends and they do a lot of actually really cool shit for their members as well. I guess it's just more along the lines. They're a bit more they're a bit more hostile and a bit more prone to just uh, telling people exactly what they think instead of trying to like you know maybe be a little nicer about it. And I think that's all it is. I think that MC is just a little nicer. That's all. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, we'll come back to this topic and ask Danielle what she thinks too. But okay, so you left PL and you end up in um, reinvigorating. Now, was that E Vegas about three years ago that MC came back to life?
5: Well, no, MC was already it was already doing uh, pretty good. Um, like I said, it started back up in fifteen, but sixteen uh, E Vegas sixteen is whenever we had the suite. And when like, you know, we had like damn near 50 dudes there. And that was a, that was kind of a watermark moment. I will admit that because there was uh, it was the first time that a lot of the newer corps and the older members had had a chance to actually meet each other and talk to each other. And anytime that you do uh, something where you get the real life people behind the scenes involved and uh, you can just sit down face to face and say, well, I think this is fucked up. Well, I think that you're fucked up. Oh, okay. Well, let's have a drink about that. And, you know, and, and it, and it always helps. And anybody that's gone to any of these meets, I mean, how I, I when I was in London uh, a few weeks ago, how I gave uh, I gave cupcakes, I gave MC cupcakes to Snuffbox and Initiative, because you know why not? You know we're all playing the same game. It's all about fun, and it's it, that's that's why that's the part of the game I like the most is the the relationships and the friendships that you build as part of the game. Um, the stuff that happens in the game is also fun but it's it's sort of a secondary thing for at least for myself on most days, yeah,
0: so uh, you guys were there the year before, though. There was a kind of a fifteen, 10, 15 person
5: yeah, race. it was Sa- Sa- Sabre, and those guys were there that okay. year, yeah,
0: and that's and they were taking pictures, and they just had a big presence because they wear uniforms, and so they look very organized. But then the next year is when uh, you had the party suite, uh, and that's where um, Danielle, you and I met, right? Yeah. That was a good party. You had that place full.
4: Yeah, it was. It, it, it was an extremely good turnout, and I was excited because that was the first Eve meetup that I'd ever been to. Actually, it was the first gaming meetup I'd ever been to.
0: Yeah, I can tell because you look very normal. <laughs> <laughs> That's so rude to everybody else, but not you. But no, you, you look like you know somebody could be your neighbor, and was. Um, and here you were taking care of all these guys because you were the diplomat and kind of helping it get organized, and you were super nice to guests.
5: She's our mom. She, she keeps all of us un, in, in check, really.
4: Yeah, I try to, at least.
0: So I was wondering if you were still doing that and, you know, what, what that's like. Has it taken a toll on you or anything?
4: Um, I, you know, I, I love doing it. I, for me, the main part of Eve that I really enjoy is the community. So in MC, my main my main focus is on the community itself. It's not actually on the game itself. And so even outside of, um, outside of Eve, I, I, you know, I like meeting up with people and everything else. And, and from inside MC and outside of MC, because you can never have too many friends. So.
0: Yeah. Well, so how did that night go for you? Because you were kind of, seemed like you were kind of working, you were moving around and uh, making sure everybody's okay.
4: Went really well. I, I had fun. I met everybody. I, I got to meet cause I also a couple years ago, I started kind of an initiative to, to help with new players and, and that kind of thing. And I got to meet several of the new players that I helped. And I also got to meet a whole bunch of the guys from the different new player corps that, um, that helped me with it. So that was just, I mean, it was a lot of fun. I got to meet um, quite a few people from broadcast from reps and, um, and just you know, and then just people that I've met through doing diplomacy in general. so it, it was it was really neat just kind of getting to put faces to all of the names and actually meeting them in person. and you you learn so much from somebody when you actually see them in person compared to just hearing their voices or you know, texting back and forth. And then when you actually get to meet that person, you're like, "Oh, okay, you know, you kind of, I don't know, it kind of all winds it up and where you understand them a little bit better
0: now does that mean necessarily that you become friendlier (laughs) like you don't want to attack people
4: well see that that's kind of the thing in in mc they are all the you know the evil warlords and um well you know love to kill everything and i'm kind of like the gentle soul that stands behind them and is like yeah you boys go have fun and and, and i'm gonna go be nice she says that
5: she says that, but the fact of the matter is, is that if something gets elevated to the point where Danny's involved, most people calm down really fast because they don't want to have they don't want to have a chat with her because, you know, they know that it's it's gotten extremely serious if it's reached her level.
0: So she's the velvet glove, I guess. Pretty much.
5: She's he's our, she's she's uh, our version of Lady Scarlet. Let me just put it that way. And uh, there's, there's, I, she has saved me on multiple occasions from having to go to a hospital with stomach problems. I love her to death.
0: (laughs) Too much stress. So that's nice.
5: I do wanna, I do wanna throw one thing. You keep, you know, you bring up the the Vegas thing in the suite. And, and, you know, we all seem to be slightly, you know, uh, older uh, gentlemen here. If you ever do a suite in Vegas or you, or CCP ever does like a thing where you win the suite, give it to someone who's under 30 that doesn't need sleep because oh, yeah. I made the mistake of like saying, Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll do the sweet thing. I regretted it every night. I never got a I think I slept maybe a total of 10 hours over four days. It was a lot of fun, but not good for you at all.
4: And right. the next morning waking having to go out there and there's like bottles everywhere.
0: Yeah. I remember you disappeared into the back room there in uh, the- people would still go in there looking for you. Yep. Anyway, um, yeah, that was a fun time. It was nice to, it kind of changed my whole opinion of MC that I didn't know very well, just by reputation and stuff. But then I realized, like, oh, what, what nice people. And um, Suez, you, you were not part of MC for a long time. You're a relatively new merge, but you're just as historic a player. So what, what is your background?
3: Um. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll try and be brief because I've I have been I've been doing this for a while. I, I started playing um Homeworld with a bunch of guys and we actually played we actually played against people like Sir Molly, um which 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 was super interesting coming into Eve. So we all played um a handful of people started playing Eve, and then I uh, there was a guy called SkullH. Sc was who who was the CEO boss, and he was also uh, he was an amazing fleet commander, and um, he basically wanted to quit, and he knew that I was comfortable holding a group of people together, so he brought me on board. Him and a guy called Thor um, kind of fast tracked me to the CEO ship because neither of them wanted it anymore, uh, <laughs> um, and then. I kind of took the court for six, six, six months or so, just, just trying to find my feet really. Um, and that's, and that's where we met goons. Um, and I, I actually ended up leaving goons, sorry, le- leaving black, black Amiga for, for a few years to help, help, um, with goons swarm, uh, especially when, when they were going through the Bob invasion and stuff like that. It was, it was a really, really tough time. I think goons, Goon fleet sizes, which, which you guys may 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 find ridiculous. Now, I mean we were still two or three thousand people, which was which was huge in the game, but our, our fleet numbers were down to about twenty people. We had in the game at the time things called remote doomsdays. So what you could do is you could sit your Titan in a pos. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Celine, because we, we didn't have any Titans. So so the exact mechanic, <laughs> I never got to try. Sit your Titan in the past. Someone warps in a Kestrel into the middle, middle of your fleet. They light a Sino and you right-click on, on your Titans, kind of say Doomsday 2 or something, you know, like, like like Jump to or Bridge to, And suddenly your fleet's dead. So we were wandering around with initially kind of 150 people. And... The Kestrel became the most feared ship in the entire Aviv, at least to me, because we, yeah. we, we'd have 100 battleships, we'd see a Kestrel, the screen would lag, and then we'd all be back in the station. Yeah, and he's right. Uh, the, the mechanic actually was.
5: And if you go back and look at like some of CCP's old promotional videos, I think it's the... Uh, the 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 cool one where they introduced the Asian people. I can't remember. The, it was the it was a it was that Black was Blood Sun, Lines. Bloodlines. Yes, the Bloodlines trailer. If you go and look at that, you will actually see what he's talking about, which is a picture of a Ragnarok sending its doomsday through a Sino, and the way that that the way that, you could do it anywhere. But what he's talking about is you had to basically put your nose just outside of the post shield. And then you could do exactly what he's talking about. And that's how like when people talk about like this this old battle where the first real doomsday went off with the with uh, when the enslaver did that shit with his uh his avatar, it was a kestrel that showed up on grid in in the same system and he shot the si- shot the doomsday through a sino through the kestrel, you know, real brave, daring stuff, you know. Yeah.
0: It, so that wasn't it, a bug, that was
3: designed? Yeah, that yes. was designed, and it would wow. kill a battleship. it it was that powerful it would instantly kill a battleship you could single doomsday tank if you gimped you know you you couldn't shoot out as far
5: hold on hold on not a battleship a grid of oh yeah
3: yeah no sorry so so you could have i mean it was essentially it was a 250k smart bomb that was powerful enough to kill a battleship so Mm -hmm. it was terrifying yeah
0: lived up to its name so yeah what, what happened after that for you
3: um, so, so, um, the CEO quit, sesfen and I took over, um, I mean, sesfen was the CEO, um, and I was doing the, 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 war stuff mostly, although that makes it sound like he, he couldn't and didn't, and he was amazing at it, um, better than me, I'm sure. And we, 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 we actually had a very good relationship with Nink through Amiga, as, uh, who I spoke about earlier, um. Um, and, and we came up with a plan. So, the Sov worked on posses back in those days. So, say a system had, had 11 moons. If you had six active posses, the enemy could only put up five. So, they had to kill one of your posses to get Sov. Now, we had a lot of willing, but we didn't have a lot of money. So, I, I had a chat with Nink, and I said, look, have you got any posses? we're going to poss up a region. And he kind of looked at me like I was mad, but he's a little bit mad himself. And he was like, okay, all right, you know, I'll, I'll take this risk. And I think he transferred me something like 100 billion posses, which would be the equivalent of about 5 trillion now, if, if we're talking not, not the cost of posses, but, but just the risk involved. So he, 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 dumped, that, he dumped that in my hangar and said, you know, don't run off. Um, and a bunch of boss guys jo- uh, rejoined. We had the logistics wing of Goon at Work. We basically post up an entire region, um, and 9-9, was, uh, which was in, I think, Tenerife was was the last system that we post up, and all throughout that time, I, I don't think Bob had a single idea. Now, Bob had just come four regions. Their logistics were really strained. We didn't know how strained, but they... T- it turned, it turned out that it was kind of a breaking point. And I remember I was just putting the last POS up that would give me um, POS supremacy in 9-9, and a Bob Interceptor walked in on my Eteron. And at that point, Nink himself, decloaked in, in, in a rapier, webbed and killed this, this Interceptor, and the POS went down su- successfully. And that night, I mean, I, I logged off, I was exhausted, that night was the night that um, we started to get numbers back in fleet, um, um, and a goon rifter, I believe it was, managed to decloak Shrike, who had doomsdayed status because because we were try- trying to draw the line at nine-nine. Um, yeah, I, uh, a goon rifter decloaked Shrike, and we killed Shrike, and at that point the entire war changed. It was it was. For, for me personally, it was probably one of the most pivotal moments in my EVE career. It was amazing. Yeah,
0: and for a lot of people, because uh, Shrike's uh, Titan going down sent a shockwave through uh, all of Nelsek at the time, uh, which is pretty interesting.
3: And it right. revitalized Goons as well, as you can probably imagine. It boosted their morale, yeah. Um, Let's
0: move on real quick to this. is all great stuff. I wish we had more time. We had technical difficulties, but let's move on to modern day MC. What's going on with you guys now? Because there's there's uh, been some interesting moves going on. Not only a move fleet, but you handed over a keep star to the Pope himself.
3: <laughs> yeah, we we get rid of all of our keep stars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one way or another. In, in one way or another, right? Yeah. Um, put some
0: context on that. uh us, Shut up and shave. Uh, lost a keep star uh right before E Vegas actually I was listening to it on the way to Vegas um and so that was one keepstar down and then uh this keepstar that was uh, called Tortuga 2 uh, which was in Bezegrin, I think inside of uh, Well
3: the the right.
5: one the one in Syndicate was called Karakorum which is what the Mongols used to name their big command tents uh that was <laughs> that was our that was our that was our deployable keepstar uh, oh. we're going to have to get a replacement for that one um but uh yeah it, it basically the very short version is it unanchored at the wrong time unexpectedly um i'm going to leave it at that and <laughs> and shit went south really fast um but the the guy you know asset safety worked out really well i don't think uh, i think that most people just lost some really expensive clones uh by a miracle we didn't lose anything else really uh we got people moved moved out over the next week or so we even made uh, t-shirts we had to have you seen our Keepstar t-shirts in vegas and um Mm-hmm. Then we got moved back, and yes, we had, uh, I think we had the eighth Keepstar was uh, the one that we dropped in Besqueira in last year in about August. And it, the time it was done as part of the whole NetSea thing, you know, they were going to do this big, huge trade network, and it was going to, you know, like be this. Cool big awesome thing, and uh, you know, Sabre, who is the guy I told you about earlier, you know, he was the guy who restarted MC, hmm. and Sue S. and myself. We all just thought, okay, well, you know, let's let's get in on this, maybe this is a cool thing, you know, we'll Freeport it and you know, see what happens. But then Lenny got banned, uh, Lenny Kravitz, who was the guy who basically like paid for all of World War B, um, or as most of the listeners here may know as casino the Casino War, war. yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, Lenny got banned, and it, I, it, it kind of died with him. I mean, it really did. I know I that agree. there's, there's a lot of there's, there's some folks that are still keeping it running, and there are still sea Fortezars, and there's still at least one Keepstar, and they, um, and there's still free ports, and they still do some business, and a lot of people use all of these structures, and it's, and it's fine. Yeah, but, actually,
3: can, can, can I say something? Yeah, please, that, please, please. So, so. Just, just to be clear, Cribba still has control over it, and um, not 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 the Bascarin one, but the ones that he, he did have control over. So, Cribba is still the only guy that can kind of pull pull the plug on that. I know that not a lot of people are using them, but I I just don't think that there's any danger of them di- disappearing or people getting pulled the plug on at any point.
0: They're kind of developing their own ecosystem with people coming and going. Since they're free ported, so anybody could use yeah.
3: these stations.
5: Well, I mean, the one in the one in Veskeren has been free ported almost since the day that it went live as well. Um, I, it, I I changed, uh, I blocked like uh, when Goons went north uh, and did the big hit on tribute earlier this year. Um, I blocked like most of pretty much everybody's access for like three weeks. So that way, uh, you know, no one could come around and mess with it in the meantime. And then, you know, once all that settled back down a week or so later, I opened it back up again. And but now we we basically we were looking at how, you know, we wanted the changes with the moons and all of the tech two stuff. And just the way the game is going right now, there's just the bottom line of it was, was that keep Star, like it was sitting in the middle of low sec. And we, we didn't live there. Uh, it was just a big warehouse where some guys stored their supers. There were probably like when when CO2 died, um, we opened up our Citadel network and we had. I lost track of the number of, of like CO2 corps that like or ex CO2 corps that came through there that, you know, parked their stuff and moved on. Um, I'm pretty sure that there's more shit from other groups and alliances in that Keepstar than MC had there. And it just, it just wasn't, it wasn't really making us that much money. Uh, and I mean, that wasn't, I mean, that was the original goal, obviously. But we just decided to, um, I didn't want to. I didn't want to like pull it up because it's fully rigged and the rigs are like you know 40 bill a piece, and we thought about selling it and everything else. But I made the mistake a couple of years ago of meeting Max Singularity, and uh, he's just he's just one of the coolest guys I've ever met in the game. And when we met up in Vegas this year. Ah, uh, he mentioned to me uh, in one of those little alcoves in the hotel that you know he, he, his guys were kind of looking for a home, and you know we just got to chatting, and I just and I told him so. This 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 stretches back a little ways, a couple months, and I I told him I was like, listen, we're seriously thinking about just uh, moving out of that thing in low sec, and would you be interested in maybe setting up shop there? It's kind of like your your vatican so to speak and so that's that's kind of where that came from and then finally uh we clicked all the buttons uh, i think last weekend and so it's all his now um he can. He's moving his headquarters there. He's renamed it the Vatican Pope Star, I believe. Um, and and it's and it's interesting because there's actually more traffic in that system now in the last week than I've seen in the last couple of months. I mean, he's got people that are showing up there, and I mean, for all I know, you you can go there in a month or two, and there'll be fifty citadels parked around that thing. You know, everybody wants their own little house in space, and um, it's completely yeah. It's as it was for it's completely free ported. Anybody from any alliance can come or go through it, park their stuff, move on and uh yeah so it's 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 kind of crazy maybe to, to just like give something like that away but uh, i don't know it's, it's we're, it's we're, we're doing past.
0: yeah well well they had the, the station to crib in providence uh to make it a trade yeah.
5: yeah true true um it's but it's just one of the things i mean like we're fine you know we're not uh we're not exactly uh keep star less and we, we don't have any issues with uh with, you know, the Alliance financially, it was just uh, it, it seemed like a really cool thing to do. And I couldn't think of anybody else who uh, who would treat it better.
0: Yeah, we agree. And, and, and it would be really interesting nice. to see what he does with it. And I love the idea of him attracting people to it uh, and creating a Vatican City. That's awesome.
5: Well, he's I mean, I just thought I thought it was hilarious. When, when we flipped it over and that giant pope had appeared above it, I laughed my ass off. I just thought that was great.
0: <laughs> That's perfect. So, so, what are you guys doing then? you've moved up north, probably?
5: yeah, we've had a little patch we've had a little patch of land up in uh up in the bottom of tribute I mean that's kind of makes sense, considering we fought three wars over it in the last year and a half, and we're just doing kind of what everybody else is doing right now, um which is just you know we've got we uh, m c especially we didn't like pause at any point in the last several in the last year or so we bounced from. One thing to the next, I mean, like, you know, most tellingly last year, whenever CO2 and test were kicked out of the north, uh, we took a contract with CO2 and test to help them in the south, like three weeks later. So while, you know everybody was still like up there crabbing and building and everything else. We just, we bounced to the next thing. And then we went from there and then we, you know, threw some bricks at Pravi for a little while. And then we ended up over in syndicate and then there was another thing in tribute and we just bounced all over the place this year. And it wasn't really until like a week or two ago that I told my guys, okay, let's just, you know, let's settle down and, Kind of do what everybody else is doing, which is, you know, see what the mining, see how high you can get the mining index is, start building things up and getting ready for the next big thing, if or when it ever happens. Or, you know, get ready to be able to, you know, do the things that people want us to do.
0: Right. Like uh, stuff that Carneros is doing. Uh, yep. NC is doing.
5: Well, everybody is. I mean, this is just—it's everybody is. Everybody should just basically have like that hard knocks crab as their alliance logo, in my opinion, right now. (laughs) Exactly. Well, it's
0: the—it's like the holidays, and this is kind of what happens. But
3: even CCP have called it arms race, haven't they? uh, Yeah. yeah. True.
0: So it's a race to build weaponry and caches, and now that alphas can handle battleships, you're going to build alphas as part of the weaponry in certain specific areas.
5: Oh yeah. And seeing, you know, I mean, basically, and you know, you've got you've got Feroxes fucking everywhere. You've got megathrons being given away as, you know, MPE awards. It's just, it's just wild.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, uh, Carnaros, you have a meeting to go to, right? I do. You should probably
1: start wrapping up the ship All right. What are you gonna do? Talk to your alliance? Yeah, I have a I have an alliance meeting. They're all actually I can see them waiting in the alliance meeting room for me. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, we had another topic that we wanted to hit, but we'll save it for next week. Um, And that was the Hilmar talking about the creation of CSM and why it was created,
1: which was pretty interesting. Oh, God. That's going to be a good one.
0: Yeah. So that's an article. Uh, You can find it. We'll post it here. Um, And uh, as far as meetups, there's one in L.A. Ignore the fires. Ignore everything on fire on your way there. Uh, But there is one in well, it's L.A., but it's actually near Pasadena, so it's kind of far away from uh, the beach. Dunk Dinkle has more information on that one. And uh, yeah, so uh, a couple of announcements I wanted to make, uh, and that was, one is talking and Station is going to change pretty soon, uh, probably in January, but we're, one of the things we're going to change is the time. So it's no longer going to be at this time on Saturday's 1500 UTC. Uh, we are going to move it to Sunday and have it one hour later at 1600 UTC. We think that's a good time for guests, uh, and that's really what's uh, most important. If you can catch the show live, that's great. We love to have your participation. Uh, if you can't, you can listen to it on podcast. But we will be switching to Sunday, um, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 uh, p.m. Eastern Time, and 1600 uh, UTC, which I believe is UK time sometimes. So make a note of that. We'll see you, uh, next week
5: at that hour.
0: Okay. So is there anything else you guys would like to leave on? Um, any comments you wanted to make?
5: Nothing. Thanks for having, thanks for having me on buddy. I like, I like doing, uh, these things. It, it always seems like it turns into one of these old guys sitting on the rocking chairs talking about things, but, uh, Well,
0: I have to say, if it was other games, it wouldn't be as interesting. I I think because this is all one continuum. And so a lot of things that you're talking about are the reason that things exist the way they do now. And that means mechanics, but also player events and also player personalities and pivotal historical battles and attitudes towards one another. I mean, clearly, there is still a divide between um, the forces of Bob and Goons. I think if you clearly if you, and the Russians are kind of neutral and they're friends with well, both
5: sides. Well, the other thing that, uh, the other thing I think is worth, uh, is a big topic for that's worthy of discussion is fraternity and the Chinese menace that is yet to be Growing. seen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it'll be interesting.
3: Wouldn't it be ironic if, you know, they became the real enemy and, you know,
5: we all had to team up and fight them?
3: <laughs> well, I, yeah, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't be surprised if they take some leaves out of early Goonstorms books and. I can see them becoming absolutely gigantic.
0: It's it's very possible because uh, they are on a separate server officially, uh, but uh, there does seem to be a migration. We discussed this the last three shows. Uh, it seems to be that we have a lot newer features than they do, so a lot of them are just kind of going through VPNs to play on our server to see some of the new features and stuff like that. Uh, I think it was said that they still don't have the buffed Roracles on their
1: server. So I do. I do want to stick in here one second. Hearing Suez's voice, takes me back to late night fleets in the fountain war. And, uh, I'm being told how I'm doing everything wrong with my brand new super carriers. First time in combat. <laughs>
3: oh, he- I'm sorry, dude. No, it was great.
1: No, it was fantastic. Thank you. And, uh, and hearing Celine's voice still takes me back to that, uh, that upstairs conference room in Reykjavik at CCP headquarters and the CSM meetings and having to go in there and, uh, and talk to them about what wasn't ready yet for Incarna and uh, all that.
5: Karin, honestly, we need to have a uh, uh, NDA is expired show. I think that that would be quite a lot of fun. I would very much like to just chat about some of those
3: things. I think it would be a record breaker. I think it's a great idea.
1: Oh, uh, I wanted to print. Uh, and thank you to Danny and Thal also. Why isn't this coming up?
0: I want to give you a link to, uh, to Suez singing Little Bees.
5: <laughs>
0: Which I can't seem to grab it. Look for it. I'm going to put it here in uh, chat. Also, you guys are welcome to join the uh, Discord that we have. I'll also put that in there.
3: I'm um. available for weddings and bar mitzvahs for a very small disc fee. <laughs> Oh, God,
5: don't you hate it whenever you clone junk to the wrong fucking station? Oh, God.
0: Yeah, it's funny. This is on YouTube Rewind. I, I, there, I'm sorry. I was having a lot of trouble clipping it. For some reason, my uh, URL wouldn't produce uh, a proper URL. But there it is. That is the classic uh, Goon Swarm. I think when people saw that... Um, what well, By the way, was there an immediate reaction to that, or did that just build over time?
3: So, like that? that's, actually, that, that's actually a really good question. So... I, I wrote, I mean, we, we talked earlier about the, the, the fleet sizes being down to 20 people. And one of the ways that I try to raise fleet sizes was by just entertaining people. And I, you know, I used to be in bands. Well, I still am in bands. And, and, and so I can hold a guitar and hold a tune barely. Um, and I recorded this. However, it, 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 you know, pe- people said they liked it and, and, and great and it disappeared about a month or two later but then um oh i, I can't remember her name she the there was a girl in goons that did the um did did the video just stop motion the whole thing i had no idea she was doing it and then she pinged me and said you know do you mind if i release this and i i took a look at about five seconds of it i'm like oh my word please this is incredible." so i i mean the song's the song's fine the song's the song's what it is but for me the thing that makes that absolutely incredible is the is the um is the animation and if you look at the original video you can it's, it's got the name of the animator there
0: yeah i just posted that in chat so if you want to check that out, i'll put it in the show notes too yeah right i remember that video it was hilarious it looks like she did it like south park with the cutouts it looks like a belt or what do you call it?
3: Pelukatees, oh. that was it. Uh, that was the author? Yeah, that was the person that, that that made the video. I mean it was just it was just incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing.
0: Well, another uh yeah, classic and uh, you guys did have great propaganda as Goonswarm, right? He has a really intelligent people making some very creative things.
3: I think when you get so many people together um, as long as you can weed out the um, the idiots and keep them quiet, there has to be the potential for, for, for greatness, right?
0: Yeah, so true Well, thanks for all you guys coming together uh, today I know it was last second uh, but we really appreciate it. Uh, Daniela, thanks for showing up.
4: Thanks for having me
0: uh, and Suaz or Shut Up and
3: Shave which one do you go by which one do you prefer? Suaz so, uh, most people call me and thank you uh, it's been a real pleasure I've really enjoyed it
0: yeah we'll have you back uh, it's, uh, we'll get Lady Scarlet in here and uh, a few other people and uh, we'll, we'll do another deep dive into history because there's so much there that we still refer to there's a lot of inside jokes about all the stuff that you guys did uh, and Celine thanks for showing up and helping out
5: always fun buddy
0: we always learn new stuff when you're on <laughs> uh, I want to
1: apologize.
5: <laughs> that's why I'm saying that uh, That's why I was we need to have that other show. That will be, uh, I agree with Suez. I think that would get yeah. some, some record numbers on here.
0: Well, I'm thinking the holidays are a really good time to do that because people have a lot of, uh, you know, they're doing a lot of family things, which is great. But sometimes people are traveling long distances or they're, um, you know, they have free time. Uh, so it might be a good time to really meander with a two, three hour special. We'll look into that for the, uh, because we're switching to Sunday, Next week, uh, we'll, we're going to end up on the 24th and the 31st. Uh, those are two days that are basically family days, but some people may have some extra time uh, that you know might tune in for that or just have the podcast ready for them for those holidays. We'll see. Very soon, we'll, we'll make some announcements. I think next week, I'm going to dive into uh, who I consider the Alliances of the Year. So I'm not going to say who they are now, but uh, I guess we'll make it like an award. Talking in Stations, Alliances of the Year. There's actually two. It's a tie for first place. Um, but tune in for that. And uh, Celine, thanks a lot uh, for coming. R- appreciate it. Uh, yep. Thank you guys very much. All right. We will uh, wrap up this show, and we're going to see you next week on a Sunday. Uh, but for now, <clears throat> for now, that's all there is for Talking in Stations. See you next week.